What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. It is day two of NFL free agents. You get it? News fest. Not much going on uh, today or last night, but we do have uh, maybe some sleeper wide receivers emerging. We have Russell Gage going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think we're done. I think we're done. What else? No. What? What happened? We've got Evan Ingram going oh, to the Doug yeah. Peterson offense. Oh, yeah. We've got Antonio Gibson being set free. Yeah, DJ Chark. DJ Chark. DJ Chark is going to play for the Lions. JD McKissick killing yeah. Devin Singletary. Well, yeah, we do have some stuff to talk about. It's not the sexiest show, but there is uh, there is there is plenty of news. And who knows, in the next half hour or so, maybe we'll get some more. Heath, you didn't really get a chance on the full-length show yesterday to since you weren't on. To talk about, you know, all the other stuff, like the Christian Kirk signing. So we'll talk about all of that. We have some listener hot takes. What do you want to lead with, Heath? What's exciting right now? Um, I gave you some hot takes on your uh, on your tweets. Um, what was my tweet? I, when, when you asked for the hot takes, I quote tweeted it with my five hot takes. I thought maybe you you would have seen those, but you don't see my tweets. You got me muted. <laughs> um, I I knew you had Chris muted, but I didn't think I tweeted quite as much as him. Um, I, wow, don't you know. Chris? I don't mute anyone. <laughs> wow. Well, you mute Ryan Wilson. You know that <laughs> James Connor and Dalvin cook. Okay, go ahead. You can read them. Uh, James Connor and Dalvin cook are basically the Spider-Man meme going into this year. Um, Antonio Gibson's a top five running back. If they don't add somebody else significant, Russell Gage is going to be better than DJ Chark. Mitchell Trubisky's an up- upgrade for the Steelers offense over what they've had the last two years. Pretty hot. So hot right now. Antonio Gibson, top five. He only averaged 3.1, I think, catches per game without McKissick. Something like 2.3 with McKissick. But there's room for more, obviously. But yeah, that Go would be Jared a Jared Patterson. Game. Sure. No, I think Jared Patterson will, like, he he gets into that. Not the, um, like, what's the second level? Not the Kareem Hunt level. But the running backs who are going to have a role that if the other guy goes down, will be starters. He's in that group, the... I think, Pollard, I, I think a lot more work than we expect. 
All right. So wait, let's let's break that down. James Conner and I can talk about James Conner all day. <laughs> like I like I did yesterday. James Conner and Dalvin Cook are the Spider Man. I mean, that is the dumbest thing I've ever that is so oh, wait, wrong. Just, just to go back to all of your <laughs> James Conner takes since he's joined the Cardinals. When he joined the Cardinals, you liked him better than Chase Edmonds. Originally, then I flipped. Originally. Then I flipped. Then you flipped. Yeah. And you went to Edmonds. You should have stuck with Connor because Connor was better. Mm-hmm. Right. Then Connor became the guy for those five games, and you were back all in, which understandably so was correct. Now Connor gets a three-year deal to stay with the team that made him successful last year, and you hate him. I look as much as I could love James Connor, I could never love him more than YPC. I, I just don't. I just don't know. Um, well, obviously, it just depends on what they do. If he's going to be a big part of the passing game, then I'll like him. But I think they're just to call him Dalvin Cook is a slap in the face to all the people who have been following YPC for as long as as I have. <laughs> I do not think he'll be near as good as Dalvin Cook in YPC leagues, but they will both be 27-year-old running backs who have top three, top two upside, if everything goes right, who are probably going to miss somewhere between four and six games due to injury. That's a lot of games. When's the last time Dalvin's missed four to six games? What did he play last year? I think he missed three games and left one early. I think he missed three games last year. Okay. Three, three, to, three to five. Okay, three to five. I, I could be wrong about this. He, he, nope. No, he missed he four games. This. He missed four games last year. He's played 14, 14, and 13 games the last three seasons. Well, two years ago, he left. He missed one because of the death of his father. That's right. So well, he's had like three shoulder injuries in the last four years. He's definitely amongst the most injury prone running backs. I thought. Yes, we don't have to. Agreed. Yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So how about this? Um, are there any sleeper wide receivers that have emerged? You've got Isaiah McKenzie with Buff back with Buffalo. Alan Lazard looks like he's going to stay in Green Bay. They they tendered him a second round offer. Uh, Zay Jones to Jacksonville. What are you doing, Jacksonville? Russell Gage to Tampa Bay. Cedric Wilson back to Miami. Maybe a guy like Rondale Moore in Arizona. Not back to Miami. Going to Miami. Sorry. Going to Miami from Dallas. No, don't confuse him with Albert Wilson. Or like <laughs> what I did yesterday, confuse Jamal Agnew with Chris Conley. <laughs> well, I do that all the time. Are there any sleeper-wide receivers that you guys are getting excited about? I think you... you well, I mean, Rondell Moore. You know, now that there's potential for him to have a bigger role for the Cardinals if no one of significance is brought back or drafted um, as it stands right now. I think you look at Russell Gage, you know, depending on Chris Godwin's timeline, uh, but stepping into Antonio Brown's role, he's not Antonio Brown. He doesn't have the rapport with with Brady, but there's an opportunity there if Godwin's not ready to go by the start of the season. Um, yeah, McKenzie would only be if if Beasley goes and nobody else comes in return. But Gallup and Dallas, you know, I guess you put him in that category, right? I don't know. I feel like he'll be somewhere around a hundredth. I guess I meant like deep sleeper, late round flyer. I don't know. Well, well I, then Ga- Gage and Gallup, I don't think we'll be that far apart because people get excited about the Tampa Bay situation. Yeah, what do you think about the Tampa Bay situation with Russell Gage now? Uh, I mean, like I said, there's there's an opening with. First off, we'll probably find out between now and and tomorrow. Uh, at this time that Gronk is back because I think it's it's in their financial benefit to bring him back before the league year starts, if I saw that correctly. Um, so if assuming that is the case and you have, you know, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, 
all on the field week one, I think Russell Gage will probably be overdrafted. If you have any sort of delay in Godwin's return, then I think Gage has some early season upside. But he's not Antonio Brown. And, you know, I think Russell Gage took advantage of an amazing opportunity last year when Calvin Ridley was off the field. And Matt Ryan really had nobody else to rely on aside from him and Pitts. Tom Brady doesn't necessarily have to worry about that. Heath, anything to add there? Do you think he's fantasy relevant, Russell Gage, if Godwin and Evans are healthy? I think he'll be a number four wide receiver if Godwin's and Evans are healthy. Um, a high a mid-range flex, but there will probably be a few weeks where one of the two of them is not there. And it may be at the beginning of the season because Godwin's not ready. And so I do think he could have some weekly appeal if it's just Evans or just Godwin. Alan Lazard caught five touchdowns in the last five games of the season. He started playing in the slot a little bit more. Whereas Russell Gage actually started playing outside a little bit more last year. But uh, toward the end of 2021, you saw Lazard play in the slot more and have some success in his last five games. He 290 yards, five touchdowns. That's a pace of 986 yards and 17 touchdowns, which is better than Christian Kirk's 17-game pace in his uh, for any season of his career. But yeah, I mean, look, MVS looks like he won't be back. They, they got this Devontae Adams situation, but... Ugh, gosh, I mean, could I make the case that Alan? Liz- Why are we talking about this? Can I make the case that Alan Lazard is better right now than Russell Gage if he's back with the Packers? Of course, you you could make that case. I would probably lean towards Gage's direction, but um, I mean, we know it's the, the interesting thing will be is if Devontae Adams keeps his word and they haven't got him signed to an extension yet. Right. What if we get to Week One? Alan Lazard is number one wide receiver for the Packers. I'll take I think it. it's a. Uh, floor versus ceiling situation. I think the uh, end of season numbers will probably be better for Alan Lazard, but the highs and lows will probably favor Russell Gage. I think the Bucks will draft a wide receiver in, uh, in day two. And move on from Tyler Johnson? <laughs> I mean, they, they gave Gage three years. I think it was $20 million guaranteed. Um, that'd be a weird place to spend resources with Evans and Godwin and Gage, and but they they need something for the future. Yeah, I'm, just, really I'm just not sure they're thinking the about the future when you have Tom Brady at quarterback. Every year could be the year that you start to rebuild. And and to your point, Adam, though Godwin might price himself out of staying there, and might want to leave after you know two consecutive franchise tags. Mm-hmm. So they could be looking to you know find a long term upside play. But I, I'd be surprised if that's what they did. All right. You remember that. Remember this day, because I'm going to forget. As soon as we're off the show, I'm going to forget. I predict Schrager, write it down. Bucks, day two, take a wide receiver. Yeah, but what you should have done was you should have gone all in on Amari Rodgers again, because if there's mm-hmm. no Devontae Adams and there's no MBS, then Amari Rodgers might be the guy in Green Bay. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe not, though. You're known for your patience with your rookie wide receiver takes. <laughs> yes, when you drop Justin Jefferson for Peyton Barber. <laughs> Okay, listen, uh, I have... Uh, I do think there is some upside for Rondale Moore. Uh-huh. Um, if they can get him into that Christian Kirk role, and then we saw him and Chase Edmonds do some similar things at times last year. Maybe Connor stays and it's, it's sharing with Eno Benjamin and Rondale Moore gets a little bit of the Chase Edmonds role from last year and the Christian Kirk role. Did you like my new nickname for him? What was it? It was the other tweet that I sent you the notification for. <laughs> Placebo Samuel. Placebo Samuel. 
Rondell Moore because he's going to take over the Chase Edmonds role and the Christian Kirk role. Debo Samuel. I get. Debo Samuel. I know. Yeah. No, I you're don't. Not getting it. I'm not getting it at all. So <laughs> it's a terrible job. Just join our uh, bracket challenge. I understand there's been some issues with the link. We're working on it. I will put a link in the... Okay. Christian Kirk and Chase Edwards <laughs> gone on the same day. Rondell Moore managers have him filling both roles. Rondell Moore officially placebo Sam. I just don't... I don't really... I don't really think it works. Uh, JB, like, what do you think? Eh. <laughs> no. Uh, it's... Uh, well, <laughs> thankfully Twitter liked it more than you guys. So I made up a I made a dad joke up, Heath. Would you like to hear it? No, not now. <laughs> uh, 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 what did the uh, What did the farmer say about the lost vegetable? What did the farmer say about the lost vegetable? Uh huh. I don't know. It'll turn up. That's good. Yeah, thank you. All right, join our bracket challenge. Hold on, I have to get the copy for this. Make sure I do this right. So yeah, like I said, I know people have had some issues with the bracket link. We'll put one in the episode description that absolutely works. We're working on getting a shorter one for you, but uh, we want you to compete with us in the bracket challenge. I'm going to be in it. Heath's going to be in it. I feel like Heath did really well last year and was uh, don't know how. Jamie's going to be in it. Dave's going to be in it. Chris is going to be in it. So right now, if you go to cbssports.com slash FFT brackets, hopefully that will work. If not, again, I got the longer link in the episode description. But you join it. It's free to join. You get to fill out a bracket that's incredibly fun every single year. You don't have to have it done until Thursday, even though they're playing games start start tonight, I assume. Um, and you got two great prizes here. You can be in the podcast listeners league if you win. And you get a $100 gift card for Paramount+. Plus. Heath has told me that the new Scream movie is actually not that bad, and it's on Paramount Plus, no, and I'm going to watch it. Good, it's, it's good. good. Okay, it's good. Yes. I don't believe. Maybe I just don't believe you. I think I'll settle for not that bad. I'll settle <laughs> for not that bad. But just uh, anyway, join the bracket challenge. We do it every year. It's going to be super fun. And if you win, you're in the podcast league and get a hundred dollar gift card to Paramount Plus. Okay. Let's do some listener hot takes. But first, I do want to let Heath know that uh, all the Ertles have taken over my life. Of course, I do Wordle. Of course, I do Quartle because of you. I also do Nerdle, the math mm-hmm. problem one, sometimes. And now I'm on to Hurdle, which is the music one. Have you done Hurdle? I've not done Hurdle. I also do Dordle, which is two, and Octordle, which is eight. <laughs> um, and world world which is a map geography. Oh, I'm o- Ofer. I've not gotten that one. <laughs> that is, I'm not even going to try that one. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, hurdle is very fun. I got my did my first one this morning. I got it on the first try. Very easy one. Okay, listener hot takes from Reckles fan eighteen. Chase Edmonds can go early second round. He was super efficient last year, but lost all of the goal line work to James Conner. Now he fills a terrible backfield with an upgraded line and a coaching staff for the run game. So that's the hot take. It's very pro Chase Edmonds. I saw a little, a little bit of Chase Edmonds love in this uh, hot takes thread. So Jamie, it would just require the Dolphins really using him that way. What do you think about this hot take of Chase Edmonds? Okay, we're not going to take him in the second round, but you get the point. Having a big year. Um, if they get a revamped offensive line and nobody else shows up, meaning nobody else, like he's the only running back on the roster, then maybe. What if it's Miles Gaskin and him? No, no, no. It has to be nobody else. <laughs> 100% um, of the touches go to Chase Edmonds. 
Um, I mean, look, yes, there, there's definitely possibility for him to have a significant upgrade in his value in production because Mike McDaniel hopefully brings a similar system that he was part of in San Francisco. And Chase Edmonds does get the type of workload that he was getting with the Cardinals last year when things were right for him or even when things have been right for him during his time in, in Arizona. But it's very hard to imagine that there's not going to be somebody else sharing touches with him based on the 49ers system. Uh, but obviously this offensive line needs to improve and improve in a big way. Yeah, go get turn on turn on Armstead. Let's start with that. There's still some decent offensive linemen out there, but well, didn't they sign somebody today? Um, Did yeah, Cowboys some... guard Connor McGovern or Connor Williams. I Connor think Connor Williams. Maybe... Connor's yeah, right. I probably combined. I think it's Connor Williams. Okay, Connor McGregor. They signed. Okay, hmm. go sign somebody. Um, all right, more hot takes. Uh, Kenny Parker says, by the time redraft season starts, Amari Cooper will be valued at least a round higher than he is this week. <laughs> Not by me. Um, well, I take that back. Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland. He'll be, his value will be higher. I don't know where he's valued right now. Yeah, I don't either. I think I'm probably going to be the high guy on him. Um, but I think I'm like around five range around four or five. That is, I think that is going to be the high guy on him. Yeah. Around six for me. So you're higher than me. Okay. What well, do you think he'll have any chance of being around four guy by the time draft season rolls around? If Watson's there. Yes. No, if I Baker's think. there. No. What okay. if it's Derek Carr? He's reunited with Derek Carr in Cleveland. Uh, No. Unless Stefanski's gone. Uh, that's pretty interesting via Derek Carr. I think he... Fifth round. Well, I mean, why, I like, why are they shuffling in one okay quarterback for one okay quarterback? Carr's better than Baker, but yeah. I mean, what's the... what's? He might be a lot better than Baker. I just what's, don't know because Baker was already unhappy, right? Huh? Baker was already unhappy and they had to bring have a meeting with him and make, tell him we're not trying to bring somebody else in and now... They're having phone calls with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that may be an untenable situation. I mean, I if I'm the Browns, I don't care about Baker's feelings. Go out and play if you want to get your next contract. Okay, by the way, the Cowboys do have a center named Connor McGovern. And the Dolphins signed Connor Williams. Yeah, they're not sure if they're going to play him at guard or tackle yet. Okay. Uh, McGovern is not the center. He is their left guard on Dallas. Okay, back to the things that people care about. From Tesla Tunnel. I saw a Tesla on the road today. I really would like a Tesla. If anybody, we have a promo code maybe. Kyle Pitts will ma massively <laughs> underperform expectations. Vacated targets aren't a thing, and teams will double-team Kyle Pitts as needed. I mean, it's certainly a concern based on the offense, as you brought up, Adam, that it's going to right now potentially be a terrible offense. Uh, but we still don't know what this looks like. And again, he may have Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball because that seems to be the destination that appears to be the one that Deshaun Watson is favoring. Uh, I don't quite know why, aside from he was once a ball boy for the Falcons is what I read today. Um, but in any, in any case, uh, the, the, the setup right now is a little troubling for Pitts on one hand. On the other side, it's, I don't think it's vacated targets. I think if he has, 10 to 15 more targets just by, you know, natural progression for a guy going from year one to year two. He's going to be a top five leader in targets at the tight end position, and that's hard to overlook. 
Heath, you write a whole thing about vacated targets. Yeah. Defend its um, honor. I don't agree that they're they're not they don't exist. Um, I do mostly agree that targets are earned, but what I generally do, and I call it the opportunity index, but it's it is a good tool when heading into free agency, heading into the draft to see who has room, who doesn't. If somebody gets added and they didn't have any room, then who's losing? Um I I don't know. Pitts doesn't really need to see a big increase in targets next year to meet expectations. He just needs to score a touchdown every once in a while. That'd be nice. Do you have an example of vacated targets from a year ago that somebody stepped into and was great? Like I I could see maybe like an Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that was the first one I thought of was Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, because I don't know that they had any returning targets from last year at wide receiver. I'm trying to, it would take me a very short period of time to pull that up. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll circle back. Yeah, well, you could make the argument you can do an in-season vacated targets and look at a guy like Russell Gage, right? Right. As well, well even saying. I think even going into last year because they were their first year without Julio and he had quite a few targets, even though he I mean, he was getting ten targets a game in the game he was playing in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Who else? The most vacated targets for a wide receiver last year was the Detroit Lions by over one hundred targets. Anything else? Anyone like any number two? Um, well, um, like the Jacksonville Jaguars had a lot, but that didn't work out so well because those guys didn't. Uh, they averaged like five yards per attempt. Um, <laughs> hey, we got to talk about DJ Chark. Actually, he's he's fairly significant. All right, let's do another listener hot take, and then we'll get to the get to the news and notes, the other stuff. Russell Wilson's. This is from Adam, not from me. Russell Wilson's presence in Denver will limit. Javante Williams' total target upside and cause him to be a bust in 2022. Javante Williams will finish outside the top 15. I I guess you're banking on Russell's track record of not necessarily throwing to his running backs, right? Right. So you got two things at play there. You have one, the quarterback and his track record, and then you have the play caller and his track record with a different set of running backs. Javante versus the Seattle guys. So, you know, you've brought this up time and again, Adam, how the Packers, which Nathaniel Hackett was there for a big part of this, under Matt LaFleur, the second leading target guy was Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. So is that a system thing or is that an Aaron Rodgers thing? And so we'll find out if Nathaniel Hackett's going to carry that over. Um, When he was in Jacksonville, I think he threw to his running backs, if I'm not mistaken, to Fournette during the, the season or two that they were together. Uh, I would think that Javante Williams, assuming that there's nobody of significance and there's at least one report that Melvin Gordon is not returning to Denver, um, if that's the case, and we're talking about Mike Boone or you know a day two rookie or day three rookie or another retread veteran guy, I think Javante Williams is in a good spot. It's hard to overlook the uh, potential of that offense and what his role should be in that offense. One other thing to keep in mind, and we'll see if this is an NFL trend or not, but there were three running backs who finished top five last year. Let me just make sure I'm on the right scoring. I want to say three running backs that finished top five, yes, with 42 or fewer catches. It was Jonathan Taylor was number one, Joe Mixon, James Conner. They had 37 to 42 catches. And that and, is... And per yeah. game, Henry would have been there too, right? Yeah, but he actually... I don't know what his pace was for catches... He had a, quite a few at the beginning I, of the year anyway. 
But but it was almost like I mean I brought this up all the time. It was almost impossible to finish as a top five PPR or any format top five running back with you within fifty catches in a sixteen game season. We had three guys have forty two or fewer catches in a in a seventeen game season and finish top five. So maybe it's not as important as it once was. Heath, or, you know, I know McCaffrey and Barkley have been hurt. Uh, but also maybe it's just a trend. Like, I know you've pointed out teams are throwing fewer times to their running backs now. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think there is some risk that he could be a bust and be a top 15 running back because like I saw a lot of stuff yesterday saying, well, if it's Javante Williams and Mike Boone, then I want Javante Williams over Najee Harris now because Trubisky is the quarterback. And so if, if Javante starts being drafted as a top five pick or the top five running back and, and finishes as a low end number one, then you're not going to be very happy with that anyway. But I don't think that like this guy's bold prediction that he's going to finish outside the top 15 running backs. Unless Melvin goes out into the world and finds out he can't get the money that he wants, and that whole tweet was the Broncos saying, we're not going to pay him the money he wants, and he goes back for a cheap contract, I think Javante Williams is probably going to be a top 15 running back. Also, keep in mind, how many top 15 running backs has Russell Wilson had? He's had a bunch. Chris Carson is always around there. And Marshawn Lynch was top five, right? So top 15, he should be top 15. But let me follow up with this. Is it really so so crazy to take Javante Williams over Najee Harris if Javante Williams is has really no significant competition in his backfield? It's not crazy. I, I mean, they're not going to be far apart for me if there's nobody else there. In I think it's easy to do. I, I mean, he's going to be on, a, you figure, a much better offense. I, I think it's easy to justify. I think it's easy to justify. It's, it's a better quarter. I mean, look, Trubisky may be great, but he's not better than Russ. Um, and offensive line probably favors Denver. Yeah. Team favors Denver. Situation, who knows? You know, probably a wash because Denver's going to be in a lot of tough games. But I don't think that's a bad thing for Javante. So um, you just have one guy did it over the course of the season in, in pretty miserable conditions. You know, bad offensive line, you know, mediocre quarterback, just the – only thing that you could say that was good for Najee, which not necessarily changes Trubisky, because at least we saw it with Trubisky. Um, he throws to his backs. He may not throw it to the same level out of need like Roethlisberger did because he's just not mobile. But um, I don't think they're far off if it's Javante by himself. Okay. Uh, in the in the chat here on YouTube, if some misspellings of Jamie's name... Good. And Derek Richard, who's always in the chat, said, prediction for this season, 12,543 people people will spell Jamie incorrectly when referencing Jamie. <laughs> and I noticed Jamie sent an email to colleagues a couple of weeks ago asking if we could do a draft, the rookie-only draft. And someone responded to Jamie's email, someone who has worked with Jamie for years and years. No, no, and no, years. no. That, that was on purpose, though. <laughs> that was because uh, Nando used to call me Jamie. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. And that's what that was. Or it could have been Jaime. Okay. Because that is like, he spelled uh, Jamie's name wrong? That is times. wild. But all right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about DJ It would be bad because that, that person you're referencing does put together my stories for me. So <laughs> if he spelled my name wrong. Maybe on the bad stories, he'll, spell, he'll pretend it's a different person. <laughs> That'd be good. I would welcome that. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, go through all the notes here. DJ Chark, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, uh, CJ Uzama, Andrew Whitworth, it's or Dan Arnold. Mm, sorry, Heath. All right, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. 
Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. All right, so quarterback news, there's not much right now. Deshaun Watson, report from Schefter that the Falcons are a suitor. Jamie already mentioned that. Sean Watson was apparently a ball boy for the Falcons. I didn't know that. Thank you, Jamie. Also, you got the Saints. It looks like uh, the AFC South, very interested. Panthers, Saints, and Falcons, very interested in the NFC South. The Saints, the uh, South. reportedly South. today, are in positive with their cap space. <laughs> what is the point of staying under the cap? You know, it's so easy to manipulate. It's so easy to get under the cap. I feel like every year the Saints and the Cowboys are in cap hell. And nothing ever comes of it. Well, like we've seen the Cowboys have to have lost a couple of really good players this year. The Saints have had to cut a lot of guys over the last two years. The Cowboys, for in, in particular, they had to move on from Cooper to keep Demarcus Lawrence, and so that was a priority for them. But they lost Randy Gregory in, in the process. Yeah, but they obviously had enough money for him because they thought they were signing him, and then he yeah. Was like, but I mean, they were trying you. to you know maneuver things around. They had to cut yeah. Greg Zerline. That's a big loss. Yeah, well, look, obviously you can't keep everyone, but they, these teams seem to do just fine uh, being in cap hell all the time. Uh, anywho, the Jets re-signed Tevin Coleman. We'll go to our running back news. <laughs> Start with the big yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think about that? Uh, Buffalo signs J.D. McKissick to a two-year, $7 million deal. Very interesting sign. And, uh, yeah, actually we have some pass-catching running backs in the news here. So J.D. McKissick to the Bills. Boston Scott did not get tendered by the Eagles. And the Patriots bring back James White on a two-year, $5 million deal. He missed most of the season with a hip injury, but he had 12 catches in two games. So, all right. Jamie, what do you think is the most interesting here? McKissick to the Bills, Scott, Boston Scott not getting tendered, and the Patriots re-signing James White. They're all interesting because they all have, you know, domino effects uh, for the either the respective backfields that they're part of or the ones that they are leaving. Um, McKissick's the one I think that, you know, is, is the one that needs the most probably discussion just because Singletary was coming off this amazing stretch run. And can he still be on the field as much if there's now a significant upgrade as a pass catching running back? Cause I don't think Matt Brito was this uh, obviously Zach Moss is not this. And so, you know, Singletary was, Somebody that, you know, I, I know we've we've had conversations. Breakout candidate, um, you know, somebody should be drafted in the first three rounds. I don't know if that should still be the case anymore. He's still the best running back in Buffalo, but his upside feels a little bit capped right now because of maybe a loss in the passing game. And it could hurt the receivers there in Buffalo as well because McKissick, again, brings a different dimension that they've never had with Josh Allen. Heath? 
Yeah, it's um, it's 100% McKissick was the most interesting of those to me just because of what Gibson could be. That that offense has been one of the most running back-centric offenses, um, kind of like an Anthony Lynn-type deal where they're just there's a lot of touches for backs. And if it's Gibson and Patterson, then I think I'm probably going to be really, really high on Gibson and probably a borderline first-round pick. Um, Singletary and McKissick are now both flexes for me in Buffalo. And if they it doesn't really it kind of takes away any appeal if they were to draft somebody to replace Singletary as well. So what about James White? Like I said, six catches in each of the two games that he played. A lesser version of McKissick. Like I don't know if he can stay healthy at this point in his career. And it does. I took a little bit away from uh, Harris and Stevenson in the passing game, just a tiny bit, because if White does stay healthy, I think they're more likely to uh, bring him onto the field to do things than they would have been with Brandon Bolden. Okay. And what about this Boston Scott news, Jamie? What do you think it means for Miles Sanders, if anything? I hope it means great things for him and Gainwell. Um, You know, Jordan Howard's a free agent, so we'll see what happens there. But if they go into the season with those two guys at the top of their depth chart and not anybody that has been there before in the case of Howard or Scott, uh, and, and the reports coming out of Philadelphia, this does not mean that Scott is gone. It just means that they just didn't tender him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be surprising, I guess, at this point if he did come back. But you know, whatever they do to fill out their backfield is going to be telling because clearly Sanders had a hard time staying healthy the last two seasons for the course of the season. And is Gainwell ready to step into that secondary role? So... Um, should be excited about both these guys as it stands right now. So it's a, it's a good situation for for them, barring whatever else they do, you know, fill out their backfield. To call him a pass-catching running back, Boston Scott might be a bit of a reach. He has 62 catches in 45 games in his career. So, yeah, and, like, really, if, if Boston Scott was a threat to Miles Sanders, then somebody in the roster is probably going to be a threat to Miles Sanders. Right. Oh, poor Miles Sanders. Free Miles Sanders. I say. Yeah. Wide re- wide receivers. Uh, Detroit signed DJ Chark to a one-year $10 million deal. He broke his ankle in week four, missed most of the season. Zay Jones gets three years, $24 million. And again, it's not all guaranteed or anything. The numbers are always higher than what the contracts end up being. And not always, but often. Uh, the Bucks signed Russell Gage. Dolphins signed Cedric Wilson. Green Bay looks like they're going to keep Alan Lazard. That's pretty much, I mean, I talked about McKenzie earlier, but since we last spoke, that's what I got. Uh, what do you think about Chark on the Lions? Is this a downgrade for Hawkinson? Is this a downgrade now for Amonra St. Brown? Heath, your reaction? I dinged Amonra St. Brown just a tiny bit. I'm not even sure if I should have. I saw an interesting question, like if you stack up ARSB and Hawkinson and Chark and Swift, how do those four rank in targets next year? And I, I don't know that we know, but I wouldn't probably put Shark first or second. He's just really never been a big target guy. He did have 118 in 15 games in 2019. But I think that if if he's able to get all the way back to what he was, then he will help Jared Goff and maybe open things up short a little bit for Hawkinson and, and Amonra St. Brown. But I don't think he's going to take a bunch of targets away from St. Brown. Jamie, your thoughts on the Lions passing game? Well, I, I generally agree with Heath. I, I think, you know, when you call, when you talk about St. Brown, it's not just Chark, it's Hawkinson back and it's Swift back and it's, you know, putting the whole puzzle together. And if, you know, Antoine Randall L, the, the receivers coach there has his way and they get another guy, which is 
certainly possible in the draft, then you're looking at a better receiving core and a better team, but not necessarily helping, you know, the guy who helped a lot of fantasy managers down the stretch last season. So St. Brown was already heading in a bad direction because of the additional mounts coming back due to health. And now you bring in a guy like DJ Chark, who's clearly an upgrade. They also brought back Khalif Raymond as well today. Um, you know, so for what that's worth, you know, he'll be more of a special teams guy, but, you know, stepped up and, and filled the role. I think it was a career high 48 catches if I saw. Um, so, you know, you're starting to see what this, you know, Lions team is looking like. It's a great signing because you get a guy coming off an injury that still has plenty of upside. He doesn't necessarily do his best things don't necessarily fit with what Jared Goff's best things are, you know, which is not necessarily throwing the ball down the field. He's kind of trending in the wrong direction when it comes to that. But I think you look at just the overall, you know, picture here for Detroit. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a downgrade for, for St. Brown to whatever degree. And he plays almost, almost exclusively out wide DJ Chark. So he's not one of those guys that moves around a lot. Um, and the middle of the field is kind of Goff's thing, but you know, the Lions offense, actually that last six game stretch where Amonra St. Brown went nuts and was a top three wide receiver overall top five per game. Lions offense really wasn't that bad. If you look at their points per game, it's, it's pretty solid, actually. Points per game in those last six games, it would have been good enough to be 16th for a full season. So they were an average offense. And they had a few games with around 30 points. And Jared Goff played four of those games, and he was on pace for like a pretty good... Uh, he was good. They were good down the stretch. I don't know if they can carry that over. It, they didn't have Hawkinson for five of those six games. They didn't have Swift, I think, for four of those six games. Yet they still were putting up points, and they were doing it with Tim Boyle a couple of games too. Does anybody think this is a sleeper offense? By definition, yes. It's a good offensive line. It's you know very good running back, obviously, that can do a variety of things. Um, top ten tight end, you know, not just fantasy, but obviously reality. You know, if, if things come together for him, I think it's just a matter of the perception of golf is obviously not the best, and and he has to do that more than just a six game stretch. He has to do it over, you know, seventeen games. And I don't remember all their opponents, but, you know, schedule is going to matter. So, you know, Packers defense might be a little bit worse because of some of the guys that they lost. Vikings are going through a transition with a new coach. Bears, new coach. You know, so division might be a little bit easier defensively if you want to look at it that way. So I think it is a sleeper offense. I think there's certainly a lot of pieces that we like fantasy-wise. But, uh, you know, when you start to compare them to the top-tier offenses in the league, more, more times than not, the other team you're stacking them up against is going to be the one you choose. It's funny because like a, a sleeper offense in the sense that they could be better than everybody thinks they're going to be, yeah. But Swift's probably going to be a second-round pick, and Hawkinson's going to be a top-six tight end drafted, and everybody's kind of excited about what St. Brown's going to do. I guess Chark might be a sleeper on the offense. Maybe a sleeper offense without any sleepers? I mean, it is interesting. If if Brown, if Swift, Brown, or St. Brown, pardon me, and Hawkinson are all picked in the first six rounds. Is that fair? That seems fairish. Yep. If they have a bad year offensively, that's not going to go well. You know, to have three players that are all top 70 overall in fantasy, that you, don't, you can't have a terrible offense and have that. Right. Right? right? I just brought Khalif Raymond back as well. Yeah, Josh Jamie, Reynolds is signed to a two-year deal. So Jamie they've got all kinds of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tight ends. All right, so the Jaguars signed Evan Ingram to a one-year $9 million deal. 
Then you got the Colts re-signing Mo Ali Cox, the Seahawks bringing back Will Disley, three years, $24 million. I think same contract numbers for C.J. Uzama on the Jets. Uzama finished strong last year. Is Ingram the, the most interesting one here, Heath? Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if he can separate. I mean, the Dan Arnold jokes I will take for at least a couple of weeks, but um, if he separates, because they, they kind of had a two tight end system generally in Philadelphia. I think both those guys will probably play. And over the past couple of years, at least on a per target basis, Ingram's been the worst tight end in football. So how much does he improve? I, I had I have him as a, a high end number two tight end, I think 16 to 18. And Arnold's around 24 now. But if one of those guys could earn 100 and 110 targets, they could be really good. How about Najoku, Howard, and Ingram? All first-round picks that year. Didn't really work out. And two of them are getting $10 million this year. <laughs> yeah. How, maybe <laughs> Howard will, too. You never know. I guess Ingram's getting nine. Um, yeah. What, do I, what am I supposed to make of the Jaguars' offense right now? Because, <laughs> you know... I, <laughs> I hate it. I, I just, I really, if I were a Jaguars fan, I would not be happy. Why do you hate it? They've got, to me, one player I'm excited about. Now, it's the most important position, maybe ETN, but I hate it. I just hate what they've done. I think. But why do you hate what they've done? I think they did what the Patriots did last year. They spent too much money on players that don't deserve it. Well, part part of that for Jacksonville, the Patriots, I think, overspent really on two guys, right? Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. I mean, you could argue they overspent on all of them. Who was the first one you said? Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Bourne and Aguilar, yeah. Um, part of the reason for the Jaguars spending some stuff that I read yesterday is they have to because nobody wants to go there. And so, you know, it's it's kind of like, Hey, come. Well, I don't know. You're Jacksonville. Okay, we'll give you $10 million more than you're expecting. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. Um, because the Kirk deal, it really, when you break it down, it's like a two-year $37 million deal, I think, $38 million deal. Mm-hmm. So that's what, $19 million a year? Um, my math's right. Uh, people are expecting to get 15 a year, you know, in most places. So there's, there's the slight overpay. Um, the defensive guys, the slight overpay, but... I mean, they got one of the premier offensive linemen available in Scherf. They got a guy in, in Kirk. Yes, we can all crap on his numbers. But around the league, he has a good reputation coming from the team that he's coming from. He has a good you know, standing You know that people thought he was a, a, a better player, not necessarily performer, but better player in terms of how he carried himself than DeAndre Hopkins, if you hear some of the things coming at Arizona. Um and you have to put weapons around your young quarterback. I mean, you know, that's kind of been the, the formula for how these guys have improved. And so, obviously, it's not a Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo, a Hopkins going to Arizona, you know, um, you know, Kenny Galladay, if you want to put him in that category. You know, the Giants, what they try to do is probably closer to that. But you got to overpay. So, they're overpaying, you know, to get some of these guys. The Zay Jones deal makes no sense to me. I agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if you look um, at the Patriots last year, it made them better. It made them better, right? I mean, look, maybe they maybe they overpaid for those guys, but it helped, and this will help Jacksonville. I just I'm not any more excited about Trevor Lawrence than I was from a fantasy standpoint. Well, you should be somewhat. More I, I mean, I, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, it's better now. It's not in a significant way, and well, I, mean, I, mean, I think there's if you, nothing if they you, could do about that. It's not if like you go they, back to a year ago. 
And, you know, post-draft, when we're talking about Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, and LaVisca Chenault, now you're saying it's Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and Zay Jones, you know, because there's some talk about Chenault getting shipped out the door. Uh, Evan Ingram versus what they had at tight end. So, you know, you want to get to the trade part of it, you know, so where's Dan Arnold. I mean, it, it's all basically a wash, but I think it's – you factor in Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer. That's a win. You know, you factor in the Scherf signing over what they had last year and Cam Robinson staying. I think that's a win. Yeah, so so, so Peterson is a win over Urban Meyer, but do you think he's a, a win overall? Because it certainly seemed like teams figured him out and they got worse offensively every single year in Philadelphia. And it culminated Yeah, but is that him day. or is that the Wentz-Foles combination? I don't know. I mean, it was the same quarterback, right? It was Wentz for most of it when he was healthy, and they just kept they just kept getting worse and worse offensively, and he lost his job. I, you know, it, it, but there it, was also some things in the building though that thing factored. Yeah, into. but if you're gonna if you're gonna run your offense through your tight ends, I I just think that's such limited upside for well, offense. And, and it it also might be like I thought they were the team that should go send a fifth round pick to the Cowboys and get Amari Cooper sure. because you knew you were going to have to overpay for a free agent. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Christian Kirk and a fifth round pick? Hundred percent Cooper. It, yeah. You know, I I think most people would take Cooper now, but you're also looking. You know, there's a four year age difference there, right? And so, you know, how much does that factor in? Um, so yeah, I, I think you know if you're looking to develop Trevor Lawrence, you want to give him the best weapons possible, and if you're going to overpay, overpay for you know better players at this point. But I, you know, I we we had this Kirk conversation yesterday. I don't know if he's going to be a great fantasy receiver, but we've also never seen him in this role before. Completely, you know, where the, the the dedication to him is as the number one guy, you know, can he fulfill it? We'll probably all say no, you know, don't expect him to be a true number one guy, an alpha receiver. I mean, just he doesn't profile like that, at least based on what we've seen. But who knows? I mean, you know, there there, there may be that opportunity for him. And so um, I think you just kind of, you know, take it that seem, it's seemingly better. You know, probably the perception of what you said, Adam, is correct, is that it's frustrating to be a Jaguars fan right now. Um, but at least, you know, they're 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 doing what they have to do because of the state of their franchise. You know, they have to overpay. They have to try and reach for some guys, and they have to kind of hope that it is. I mean, think about their drafts and how their draft picks have failed. They're just releasing Miles Jack, or, or they're expected to release yeah, Miles Jack. Yeah. You know, Fournette didn't stay. didn't work out. Jalen Ramsey didn't want to stay. You know, I mean, they get these guys. Blake Bortles was a whiff. You know, they 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 just continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake. Maybe it's Shad Khan. Maybe it was David Caldwell. Maybe it's... You know, now Trent Baalke, who's got a horrible reputation around the league, you know. So at some point, yeah. they got to start to, you know, find the right thing to, to, to make it work. And who knows if, the, if what they're doing this time around is the, is the right thing. I guess I can't totally blame them. I mean, look, you have all this money to spend and not, not the best free agent crop, right? It's just face facts. It's like having, it's like some years in the NBA draft where you've got these elite players at the top and you've got this, this you can get, Gian, not Giannis, you can get Durant, and then other years you're getting uh, the guy that Michael Jordan drafted. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, the guy, the guy that Jordan drafted. Yeah, to the Wizards. Oh, Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, right? You know, so it's just it's just bad luck, I guess, for the Jaguars that they weren't able to go out and get uh, that that franchise altering player. But yeah, I don't know. Some and they might in the draft. They might. I mean, they're probably going to go on the line, right? They're probably either going to take Hutchinson or 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 attack. Yeah, you know, unless. They trade down. You know, they're not drafting a receiver, I think, at one. No. When, when was the last time the number... I have no idea, by the way. The last time the number one overall pick was a senior, not an underclassman. 
Because that's what Hutchinson is. And that's unusual, I think. Um, I don't know. I'd like to look into this. Baker was a junior? I think so. I'm just, I don't know what this transfer status, what that meant. Yeah, I think he was a junior. Yeah, it's it's, it's unusual. Uh, oh, Bur- when, no, Burrow. No, Burrow, Burrow, right? Burrow, I think, had another year of eligibility. He was like his sixth year in college. <laughs> That's true, because he wasn't a good prospect. He wasn't a good prospect. He might have been. I think he was a fourth-year junior. But I will check on that. You could I'm, be right about I'm looking right now. He was a um, fifth-year senior. Okay. All right, well, that's a good answer. So 20, a good prospect. He would have gone sooner. The 2020 draft was the last time that a senior was the first round pick. I'd like to know. I think it's pretty pretty unusual, though. I think it's pretty unusual for a senior to be the number one pick. But, okay, um, not that unusual. I know it's happened once in the last two drafts. (laughs) Damn it. Now I'm going to look into this. Okay, uh, Andrew Andrew Whitworth, give give me some offensive line reactions. If there's anything that really jumps out at you. I'm not going to go through all the notes. Um, I like the Dolphins getting Connor Williams. I think that's important. Help their situation. Um, I mean, most of the ones we talked about yesterday, I think, were more impactful. Um, Steelers got a little better. Andrew Whitworth retiring from the Rams, starting left tackle. Right, but they bring back Brian Allen, and and we talked about this, I think, yesterday. That Noteboom Note can boom. play left tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I have time to look into all these, <laughs> all these NFL drafts. Um, okay, so, damn it. All right, let's go to defense. Anything on defense jump out of you guys? Ah. By the way, the Giants signed two starters on their offensive line. That should help. Bills too, uh, right? The Bills. Well, what, uh, the Bills. Yes, they did stuff. Or did they just keep guys? I know they kept Mitch Morse. They kept Mitch Morse. They lost Jonathan Feliciano, but he was a backup. They lost Daryl Williams. They lost Daryl Williams. Yeah, I don't. I think they've probably downgraded a little bit on the line, but probably not significantly. So Kyler Murray wasn't a senior, but he was a fourth-year junior. So basically a senior. No, no, that's no. He was a junior. Okay, I got. I could. I could. <laughs> Uh, Why does that matter? This is, this is all I'm doing. Yeah, now it matters. It matters. Years of experience. It matters. Baker Mayfield. Okay. So uh, let's end the show. I think we should end the show. Unless you guys have okay. anything else to to. Well, I mean, we're probably gonna be doing this again in like an hour once uh, there's some significant news. That's what I said yesterday. Oh, Deshaun Mott Watson coming around the uh, Baker Mayfield. Was so who's, a, who's left? Baker let's, Mayfield let's was a destinations. Baker who's Mayfield left? was a senior, by the way. So that's. Two of the last four drafts. I thought they could. <laughs> um, so rare. Um, They're quarterbacks, though. I mean, a senior defensive end? That's got to be rare. So rare. I can't wait to talk to Emery Hunt about this. Um, let's do destinations for the guys who are left. Okay, you do it. I'll do this, I'm doing this draft thing. All right, so Heath, where do you want Deshaun Watson? Um, I mean... Do I have to choose between Carolina and the Saints? Because it seems like it's one of those. If I could choose anywhere well, that doesn't have a quarterback right now, Atlanta. I would choose Seattle. But it seems like Seattle's been ruled out. So I will say... You um, got Atlanta, Carolina, and... Carolina will be my choice. Carolina will be your choice? That's what I said yesterday, too. Um, the running backs are left. So we have Fournette, we have Gordon, 
We have those are the two big ones, right? No, I'd like Carolina to see Melvin and Tampa Bay. Huh? I'd like to see Melvin and Tampa Bay. Not Fournette going back. I thought that they kind of that kind of like the Melvin going back to Denver thing. They'd kind of decided that wasn't going to be a thing. I, I think the Fournette uh, news came though before Brady decided to play again. So I wonder if they yeah. run it back. If Fournette goes back to Tampa Bay, where are you drafting? Uh, round two. Round three. Fournette two, or three James turn. Connor? What do you like better? Probably we'll have Connor just ahead of Fournette. Um, assuming they haven't added anybody besides Eno Benjamin. Benjamin. Where did you put yeah. Connor? Connor, I have 12th at running back right now. Yeah, I have him 13th. Dave, I think, was a little prob- guy 17. Yeah, I'd probably have Fournette somewhere between 12 and 15. There's a lot of guys in that range. Yeah. Okay. Um, Allen Robinson, where do you want him to go? Atlanta, for sure. With You'll get him 150 targets for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan goes to Houston. What do you think of Brandon Cooks? Matt Ryan goes to Houston. Brandon Cooks is a, a high-end number two wide receiver, which is where I have him now. I'm not sure... I'm not sure it would matter as much to me. The difference between him and Mills. Really? I feel like it should. It should. He's better for yeah. He, he said it doesn't really. I, I do. I of course I think he's better than Davis Mills for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Is that is that a crazy? Is that a hot take? I didn't think that'd be a hot take. Um. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan's allergic to throwing his number one guy t- touchdowns. Yeah. Davis, it was Davis Mills a senior? That's what I want to know. Almost certainly. he was. <laughs> no? Uh, by the way, it, it was, I think it is pretty rare. Baker Mayfield was a senior. Then I had to go back to 2013 to Eric Fisher. That was the last time a senior. Davis Mills was a senior. Another lineman. What's that? Another lineman. Davis Mills. Yeah. Yeah, but before that, you had like Jadavion Clowney wasn't. Um, it's been mostly quarterbacks, to be quite honest with you. But I stand by what I said. It's rare. <laughs> All right. Medium rare. Okay. Thank you, guys. Fun show. We have another one tomorrow. It, it, there's a lot of names out there. Like, we got, we're waiting for Watson. Garoppolo could be moved. And there was, a, I think I saw something that Garoppolo Gronk. may not get traded till the summer. Yeah, I did see that too. I also saw that he, they might just stick with him. So there's been a ton of reports about Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, well, that probably just drive up the price. Remember when Tom we had Tom Brady's going to San Francisco? You know, so I don't pay attention too much to reports right now. No. Uh, what? I what? Oh, uh so who's better? Daniel Jones or Mitchell Trubisky now that we have destinations. What's the bet between you two? What's the is it fantasy points? No, my thing was if Trubisky went to the Giants, he yeah, would but win not, the no, now now they're both starters. They can go head to head. Who will be better in what regard? Who's a better fantasy quarterback for the 2022 season? I think I have Jones higher in fantasy. I'm, I'm, sure, Trubisky will, Trub, I'm sure Trubisky will win more games. He's always been a better real-life quarterback. I'd take but, Trubisky. Um, I, I'd, I would take Trubisky over Jones, I think. Yeah. The more I thought about it, he really might be better than Jones. Jones is so bad. <laughs> uh, Well, thanks for watching and listening, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. It is time to end the show and this fun. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.